times, gotta find the strength to rise from the ashes and make a new beginning. Anyone can feel the ache. You think it's more than you can take, but you're stronger, stronger than you know. Don't you give up now. The sun. Shining, I gotta face the clouds to find the silver lining. I've seen dreams that move the mountains, hope that doesn't ever end, even when the sky is falling. I've seen miracles just happen. That's what faith can do. It doesn't matter what you've heard. Impossible is not a word. It's just a reason for someone not to try. Everybody's scared to death when they decide to take that step. Out on the water, but it'll be alright. Life is so much more than what your eyes are seeing. You will find your way if you keep believing. I've seen dreams that move the mountains. Hope that doesn't ever end.
Okay, uh, not quite. Okay, good morning everyone. It's an um, interesting time that we are having together. And if you uh, are continually amazed at God, you'll find his ways interesting. Right? The world finds them depressing, frightening, and um, are stressed out about God's allowance or causes in their life. But as God's children, there's a unique difference between us and those who don't know him. And that unique difference is called trust. We trust him. And therefore, we have strong confidence where others fear. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Um, in Hebrews chapter 10, the Lord has been speaking to me through this word. You can turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 19. Since therefore, brethren, we have confidence to enter the holy place. How do you enter the holy place? That's the question the Lord asked me. Phil, that which I do in your life is holy. It comes from me. The word holy simply means sanctified or set apart and made clean. So everything that happens comes from a God, our Father, who loves us, who sets apart that experience and sanctifies it, means it, it makes it a clean experience for us. It cleanses us from our own sinful nature, our own sinful thoughts, our own will, our own desires, or our own perspective of the experience. And God draws us into this holy place. But there's only one way to draw in. There's only one way to enter into life's experiences in a holy way. And that is by the blood of Jesus Christ. By a new and living way. It makes everything new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us that if we are in Christ, all things are passed away. Behold, all things. That means everything becomes new. We get a new perspective of everything in our life through Jesus Christ. And by submitting to the effect, the effect of his blood that was shed on Calvary's cross that makes the difference. The only thing that can make the difference in our life, in our relationship to God and God's relationship to us. By a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, because this experience is available to everyone, everyone, the blood of Jesus Christ was shed on the cross for every human being to experience this difference. And he's a great high priest. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him 
shall be saved. May have eternal life. This kind of eternal life. Not only in eternity after we die, but now you can have eternal life within us. We can have and experience and live this eternal life as we walk in this life. Solim, verse 22. Let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Are you facing life that way? In every day, drawing near to God. And James says, those who draw near, God will draw near to you. God's nearness in life changes everything. When the disciples walked with Jesus, that nearness of Jesus changed everything in their day. Because Jesus spoke into everything that happened. He, he encountered everything with them. He changed everything, every time. Whether they met a demon-possessed person, or whether they met the strong critics of the Pharisees, or whether they met a, a blind man, or whether they met a multitude that was hungry and thirsty and hadn't eaten and drank for three days because they were out in the wilderness listening to Jesus speak. He changed it by giving them something to eat, multiplying the seven loaves and two fishes, or the five loaves and two fishes at different times. He calmed the sea when they were out in the boats and the storms were blowing the, the water and, and they were sure they were going to perish. Jesus spoke into it, changed it. So their nearness to Jesus and Jesus conquering every circumstance by speaking into it overcome, overcame that circumstance and changed it for them. This is still what can happen. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when Christ is in you, this same experience happens within us as it happened outside of the, the disciples who followed him. Having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to this love and good deeds. Not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. And I am blessed and how the church of Jesus Christ around the world has related to COVID-19 differently, starkly differently than the world. The world encountered it with fear and panic and science and thought and efforts to overcome. But the Christians, the church overcame it by encouraging one another in innovative ways. Imperfect, but innovative. To speak to one another, to encourage one another, to pray for one another. Finding ways that God can still, Jesus can still speak His Word into our hearts and minds to overcome the spirit of the world that assaults us through an experience like this. There are three things 
three attitudes that I see in these verses. The first one you'll find in verse 19. Since therefore, brethren, we have confidence. Note that word. We have confidence. What is your confidence in? Is it in yourself? Many people have confidence in the things they do. That makes them, it builds up a feeling of confidence. And so they walk around confident they can do this or they can do that because they've done it. They've figured out a way that they've done and have overcome and that builds a strong confidence of attitude in their life. Not so with a Christian. The unique difference between a child of God is this. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. You may turn your Bibles there with me. And look where Paul placed his confidence. Now Paul was one of those guys who had, he was a very confident man. He was confident in what he believed and persecuting the church, confident in his Jewish faith, confidence in what he had been taught by men. But one day, God changed it all. And Jesus appeared to him. And all of that confidence was stripped away. He speaks of this in chapter 3 of the book of Philippians. Finally, my brethren, verse 1, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me and is a safeguard for you. Beware of the dogs. There's your dog, Anthony. Beware of the dogs. Anthony thought I was going to talk about dogs in a sermon, so there it is. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision. For we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory, rejoice, or that word glory is boast in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in our flesh. Where was Paul's confidence? His confidence was in Jesus Christ. Jesus changed it all that day on the road to Damascus. He was stripped of his self-confidence and the only confidence he had left was in Jesus and his call on his life. Where's your confidence, brother, sister? Is it in Jesus alone? Or is it in something you've accomplished? Or that something you've done? Or something you've studied in the knowledge you've built up? And, and now you have this reputation? Or whatever it is in the flesh. Something in the flesh makes you confident that you're going to overcome. Or is it only in Jesus Christ? Don't be surprised. If God loves us enough to strip us like he did Apostle Paul of all of those fleshly confidences or props which can make us feel confident. But the difference between a fleshly confidence and our confidence in Christ is that the fleshly confidence will not make you confident in the presence of God. There will be no confidence there. It will all be stripped away the moment you come into the presence of God, whether it's when you die or hopefully before you die, when the presence of God comes down over your heart and brings you into a place where only God is there. And all your earthly confidence is stripped away. All that fleshly confidence won't give you any confidence to come into His presence. Only Jesus will. He'll give you the confidence to stand in the day of judgment. And that's the difference between Christ, the confidence we receive in our relationship with Jesus Christ, or any other earthly confidence. 
In 1 John chapter 4, John speaks about this confidence. He says this in 1 John chapter 4 verse 16. And we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. Do you sense the nearness? The presence of God is where we dwell. Our bodies have become his temple. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says. He dwells in our bodies. By this, only by this. Love is perfected. It's completed. It's not perfect in a moment. It continues to be made perfect. That word perfected is an ongoing experience. With us. That we may have. What? That we may have confidence. When? In the day of judgment. Because as he is. So are we in this world. There is no fear in love. No fear in this confidence. The real true confidence is the absence of fear or insecurity. So it's okay if you're feeling insecure in your flesh, in your own ideas, in your own agendas, in anything that's fleshly. It's okay. The world will panic and say, no, that's not okay. You need to be a man of confidence and confidently go forward and knock down doors or do whatever you need to do to be aggressive. Not so with the Christian. It's okay to lack self-confidence as a Christian. In fact, it's a must to lack that. Because in our lack, we'll draw our confidence from Christ. And that self-confidence as it goes down the drain and drains away from our life, from our heart, from our mind, and our, our thought life, we turn near to God and rest in His love. We begin to have confidence in the day of judgment because He's changing us as He is, so are we in this world. Jesus had no self-confidence. None. He said in the Gospel of John, chapters 5, 6, and 7, in that discourse He had with the scribes and Pharisees, He said, I can only do that which I see my Father do. I do nothing of my own agenda. Nothing. Zero. That's amazing. That's Jesus perfected in his father's love. I don't know about you, brother, sister. That's where I, who I want to become. That's the journey. One of the goals of my life is to have no confidence in the flesh. But to be changed like Christ. To be made perfect in his love. And draw my confidence from Christ. And then when God is near now, in our life, whether we go through COVID-19 experiences, we're going to see much worse things than this. As the end draws near, Jesus told us we're going to see awful, amazing things happen. Things that are going to make men die of fear. Things that are going to make men and women cry out for the rocks and mountains to fall on them. What will your heart do in that day? Will it stand in the day of judgment? Will it have confidence? Only if your confidence is secure in Him today. As you walk every day with Jesus and you rest in His love, that confidence will take you into the day of judgment with no fear.
So confidence, the first word I see in Hebrews chapter 10. Since therefore, brethren, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. This is a new and living way. The second word I want to point out to you is verse 22. Let us draw near with a sincere heart. A sincere heart. Now that word sincere is the Greek word alethanos. Which simply means not fiction. Real. True. Not in pretense. If you draw near with a true heart. Sincerity. Not faking it. Then your full assurance of faith will come out of that. Look what it says. Let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled clean. That's where we're cleansed. We're sanctified. The Lord continues to cleanse our heart and our thought life as we walk through every experience in life. Whether it's a job crisis, a physical crisis, relationship crisis, we face all kinds of change-ups. Even just like this morning, right? All of a sudden, everything changed. I mean, half our praise team was gone. We knew that was going to happen. And all of a sudden, Jason gets a, a sick and we're like, what are we going to do? The Lord had already had a plan. He knew what we were going to do. And if we let our confidence rest in Him, He already, He just reveals that plan to us. I don't know about you, but this is great. I absolutely love those songs. Thanks to Ethan, he was able to post it on live stream and we could watch it and sing together. There was a unity of song and worship that came out of my heart. And I was blessed instead of panicked. That's the difference. Washed with pure water. The third word that I'd like to point out to you is verse 23. Let us hold fast. Now that word hold fast is the word katekho. The Greek word katekho. And this is what it means. It doesn't mean to white knuckle it and hang on for dear life. No. It means to make progression. To move forward in something. That's interesting. It also does mean to retain and possess it. But there's a sense of you're moving forward. Again, I want to bring the analogy of the disciples with Jesus. Every day with Jesus... As he physically walked on the earth, for the disciples, was a day forward. It was a day of new things, even though Jesus kept healing people. In, at first glance, it would seem like a routine, right? Jesus teaching the people. Jesus healing people who needed healing. Jesus, you know, the sick woman being healed. The blind see. The lame were walking. This was a daily occurrence. But for the disciples who were listening to his words daily. There was always a moving forward in their faith in Jesus. Notice that if you read through the Gospels, there was not a standstill, dormant experience of walking with Jesus. He was always leading their faith to a greater faith, to a greater trust in moving them forward in their relationship towards their heavenly father. He still does the same today. If you and I will let our self-confidence drain away, let God do that in your life. Be okay with that, like Paul was. And say, Jesus, okay, I'm all stripped. Who are you? That's what Paul said on the roads of Damascus. Who are you, Jesus? 
And immediately he went and drew near to Jesus. In prayer, seeking God. And the Lord revealed himself to Paul. Not in three days of fasting and prayer. Yes, he did there. But through his life, Paul's journey of his life was a journey of this. Drawing near to Jesus. Drawing strength in his confidence in him. And holding fast. Making progression. Advancing in his life. In his relationship with Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 21 says this. Some pretty amazing words. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 21. But examine everything carefully in your life. It's not a passive experience that you're just along for the ride and enjoying this and what's going to happen next. No. Examine everything carefully. Hold fast, the same word, to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. This is the sanctifying experience that God wants to do in making us holy as we walk through life. Sanctify you entirely. Your spirit, your soul and body be preserved complete without blame. When? At the coming of the Lord Jesus. That's where our confidence is and no blame there. Also, in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6, the same word is used. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6. And look again at this context. Beginning in verse 5. Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. And we still speak of them today, don't we? Of Moses' faithfulness. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house. Whose house we are. If we hold fast our confidence. And the boast of our hope firm unto the end. As long as the disciples kept walking with Jesus. They kept experiencing Jesus. But if they would have turned one day and said, I'm done. And many did. There was a time you can read there after Jesus' discourse in John. Chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8. Where Jesus made some radical claims that no man had ever said. Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. You have no life in you. What? Some said, this guy's crazy. Why do you even listen to him? Some said, this guy is a devil. And many of his disciples didn't walk with him anymore after that. But those who did experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus kept changing their life, leading them from one glory to another to another. Until finally he led them to the cross. And then to the upper room where the Holy Spirit filled their hearts. And those men and women experienced the very life of Jesus Christ. And changed the world. And that's still those who hold fast. Just keep Walking with Jesus in full assurance of trusting Him. Letting Him drain your self-confidence away. And you'll remain in the love of God. And have 
that strong confidence to face the day of judgment and whatever else comes before them. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, the last one that I want to point out to you is Paul's admonition to young son Timothy. Timothy was a younger man. Paul was now near the end of his life. And Paul says to him in another place, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have run my race. But here he says to Timothy, verse 11, chapter 6, But flee from these things, you man of God. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. And you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things. And of Christ Jesus who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate. That you keep the commandment without stain or reproach. Until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life. And my encouragement is that I got out of Hebrews chapter 10 was this. Continue walking with Jesus. That makes the difference. Hit the nearness of his presence. No demon from hell and no experience of this world and nothing in your flesh can overcome because the presence of Jesus Christ in your life changes everything. Changes your attitude. It changes your perspective. And even in the moment, at first, if you doubt, when you cry out to him like the disciples did, like Peter did on the water, or like the disciples did in the boat when he was sleeping, or when they were hungry, Jesus changes everything, every time. So the nearness of his presence is of utmost importance in our life. But it won't happen if you have confidence in the flesh. If you walk confidently through life with your own fleshly wisdom, your own fleshly thoughts, your own fleshly ideas, anything of this world gives you confidence. And you'll lack confidence in Christ in that area. You cannot have both, dear brother, sister. Your confidence will be in one or the other. It'll either be in Jesus or it'll be in yourself. The world says, have it in yourself and you can do anything. God says, have it in me and I can do everything through you. I can make you more than an overcomer if you love me and abide in my love. Even in the day of my judgment, you will stand confidently in my love without fear. And there's no earthly confidence that can go there. So dear brother and sister, be encouraged today and let's Allow the Lord to drain our confidence away from ourselves so He can replace it and fill it with His love. And you and I can walk confidently throughout life and any experience in the love of God. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us this love, sharing it so freely and inviting us to come. And so we come confidently to your throne of grace to find our help in our very time of need, to find that mercy and grace 
that we so desperately need. Thank you for being a father who invites us to come. And I pray, Lord, that we would encourage each other as we see these things happening, as we walk through each day, that we would encourage each other and stimulate each other to come and to keep coming and to keep walking with you and to receive our confidence from our Father in heaven who loves us and draws us to himself. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you uh, for those online for listening this morning and for joining us. For those of a few of us who decided to gather together. And uh, I think it's amazing how the Lord has, has done that with us. Uh, still keeping mindful of our social distancing. But it's been encouraging and a blessing to me. Just to, to experience this stimulating of our faith in God. So I pray that the Lord bless your week in the next week and continue to shepherd us and keep us confident in His love. God bless you.